Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people, to experience the compassionate love of the Father, and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. Let's pray. So, Father, we're grateful. We're grateful that the word went from Jerusalem and it spread to the ends of the earth. And it spread to us right here in this community. At some point, at some time, somebody talked to us about Jesus. They invited us to church. They, they told us that, uh, that nothing we've done is, is so bad that God couldn't love us. And that there's nothing in our life that we couldn't be forgiven for. Uh, that there's people that gather in a place called church that would actually love them just the way that they are. Father, that's our desire each and every time we gather together in your presence to experience your compassionate love. And then to discover what it is you're, you're gifted us to do, what you're calling us to do as we scatter from this place, as we leave here today, uh, being renewed in our minds and our hearts being touched by your word and our, our, um, our, just our circumstances being changed just because of the fact we chose to be here today. We pray that you would be present with us, Jesus, just like you were in these stories when you were walking the earth. We praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So this, this bookmark has five questions, five questions that can, you can use as a guide as you're doing your reading. And it doesn't have to be, like, say, well, Brady, I didn't get one of those books. I don't really want one of those books. Can I just read my Bible? Absolutely. You can still use these questions as a guide. And we're going to walk through these questions today. And if I had to title my sermon today, I would title it with the word but. Okay? But, dot, dot, dot. And this first question that we come to, it says, what was something you noticed for the first time? So as you're reading through the scriptures, you're reading through the text, what was something you noticed for the first time? So here's what I'm going to do. If you have one of these and you want to read out of this, you can. I'm going to give you a page number so you can go to the page number in this. Or, and or, I will tell you what the Bible reference is so you can actually look in your scriptures. To so turn into the book of Luke, get that ready to go. Start right in, kind of in the middle. Let's go to Luke chapter 14 first. And page 34, if you're going to use the CBE Bible. So, so what was something you noticed for the first time as we were reading through this? For one, one of the things that I noticed for the first time is just how many times the word but is used in the text. And so just, I'm not, I probably have Casey come up here and maybe walk through and explain the, the word but and how it's used. I mean, it's used in lots of different ways. It's, it's a conjunction. It joins things together, sentences, clause, phrases, words. But also, it is used to change directions. The writer has the ability to be going one way, but change and go a different direction. And so I think the writer of Luke used this word uh, so many different times. I just circled, not every single one of them, but I circled every time I went through and found something significant with that word, I would circle it and then I would underline the next statement. It was almost like we're going along, we stop right at that particular word and say, oh, but 
There's something else I want to share with you. Something that I'm going to share something that's going to change everything that you just heard or that you just experienced. It's going to change. Especially if Jesus was involved. Anytime you see the phrase, but Jesus answered, or but Jesus said, but Jesus did, uh, pay attention to those phrases. Underline those phrases. Circle the word. Underline the next part that's coming. So page 34 in the CBE Bible where it says one Sabbath. Okay, find that on your page. Luke chapter 14. So if you have your copy of Scripture, look at Luke chapter 14. And so with this idea of the word but, and with the, the thoughts and things that I've noticed for the first time, so I was reading along, chapter 14. It says, One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from dropsy. Okay, so I've heard this word before, but in the, in the book, in, the, in this Bible, it actually uses, it spells out what it is that dropsy is, what the, the uh, symptoms that you have if you have this. It is swelling, it's a swelling of the body. So it might be as a result of congestive heart failure or some other issue going on inside the body. This man, his body was swollen. Jesus asked the Pharisees and, expect, and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Jesus was always great at asking questions that caused people to stop and to think. So taking a hold of the man, he healed him and sent him away. I want, I want to see what this picture was like. I want to see what it was like for Jesus. I don't know if he like grabbed the man and gave him like a big bear hug or just grabbed his arm or whatever it was. Jesus took a hold of the man and healed him and sent him away. Then he asked, if one of you has a son or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull him out? And they had nothing to say. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. And this is some of these butts that I noticed for the first time. It says, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, Give this man your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. You know what I call that? My modern day version of this is backseat middle, not shotgun. See, shotgun was the first example that they gave. Oh, yeah, I want to sit in the place of prime. I want to sit up front. But instead, you instead yell when you come into that place, backseat middle. Because when the Lord notices this, he will then give you the front seat. And I would do that sometimes as a parent. I'd be like, ah, nope. You think you're better than everybody else? You're going to sit in the back. You get to sit up front. The person that didn't say anything got the place of prominence. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You want a good way to live? Right there in front of you. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But... When you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. 
So I have this strange second job most of you know about. And when I get into the Casey Wolf costume and I go to a place, especially when I go to a school, when I'm running around and all these kids, I make it a point. I make it a point to find the kid who looks like the biggest outcast. The one who has the craziest hair, one that's dressed the, 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 the weirdest. And I go to that kid and I make them feel as special as I possibly can. I will dance with her if it's a girl. I, if it's a boy, I will give him a high five. I'll give him a hug or whatever it is. I specifically look for those who may not get the attention, not like the popular kids do. And I don't know if it always works. I don't know what's going on inside. Sometimes they run from me, you know, because I'm intimidating. But, but I try to always find the one that nobody else is paying attention to and go to that particular person and make them feel like they matter and that they're special. Question number two, what questions did you have as you were reading the passage? Well, I think any time that you engage in large passages of Scripture, large chunks of Scripture, you're going to find all kinds of questions. You're going to things that are going to get stirred up inside of you. Um, I did discover some questions that I wanted to bring out of the text, some questions I wanted to maybe ask you. But can definitely be used in form of apologies, <laughs> And excuses. I mean, how many times have you heard this phrase or even used this phrase? No buts. When you're talking to your children, maybe. Or no buts about it. Like when I ask you to do something, no buts. Don't say, well, but I got that. No, 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 no. When I ask you to, I want you to go do it. Okay? Have you ever heard that phrase? How many of you have used that phrase with your children? All right? Yeah, okay. How many of you have heard that phrase used for you. <laughs> yeah, all the husbands. like, yeah. Turn to page 25 in your book and then look at Luke chapter 9. Let's go back to Luke chapter 9, verse, starting at verse 51. So, 9.51, it says, At this time, or as the time approached, it said, Okay, so notice the change of direction here. So Jesus has been going along, he's been preaching, he's been teaching, he's been, he's been changing the way things are done. He's been changing the way we do church. And he's going along, and he's, he's loving people, he's touching people, he's touching the outcasts, people, the unclean of the world, that nobody wants anything to do with. The religious establishment has pushed off to the side, but Jesus is like, no, 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 all these people are welcome. They have a place at the table. And then it says, starting at verse 51, it says, As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out to Jerusalem. So there's this change in, in, in plans. Jesus is going along, and all of a sudden he's like, Now i, I got to go to Jerusalem. I have something I need to do there. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw, that, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went away to another village. As they were walking along, listen to this. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. 
Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. That's some pretty, some pretty serious words. But just in the spirit of just this thought of like how many times we are maybe compelled and ask and kind of like prodded by the Lord, by the Holy Spirit to do something. Okay, Lord, yes, but first, you know, like I would really get involved in church more, uh, Brady, uh, you know, but, but we're just so busy. We're just so busy. We just got so many other things going on that we've got we to take care of these things first. Um, I would, you know what, Brady? Um, I want to get involved in the Bible, so I want to go to a small group. But, you know, here's the thing. I don't know as much as everybody else knows, and I feel like people are going to look down on me, you know. Um, but... Those are just excuses to keep you away from growing and from experiencing more. And I think Jesus is really just kind of checking their heart here. He was saying, like, where, where's your heart? Like, where are you at really with this? Are you, do you really want to follow me? Do you really know what it's going to be like to follow me? Let's just be real. In the American church, it's really easy to follow Jesus. It's comfortable in here, isn't it? That's a little cool. I mean, but seriously, are you comfortable in your seats? Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. Jesus is doing a heart check. He's like, where are, do you have some butts, <laughs> you know, in your own life? I mean, I know I do. Listen, there are things that I feel challenged to do, and, but fear keeps me from stepping forward and doing it. it there's something, I don't know, there's something that, that uh, but you know, I just, but what if? You know, that's the question. But what if? What if this happens? Or what if, what if we do this? What if we take this leap of faith and people don't come? But what if people don't give and we're not able to afford to, to take that next leap of faith that, the, that God's calling us to do? We can, all, we can all be there, right? So ask yourself, what, am I making any excuses is there anything keeping me back, keeping me from moving forward in my faith? I'm really, really trusting the Lord with my life. What is getting in the way of that? Number three, was there anything that bothered you? Was there anything that you read that you're just like, oh man, that, I don't know. I don't, I don't know necessarily if I agree with that or I agree with it, but I don't. Like, do I have to do that? You know, is God going to ask me to do that? Is it, it's challenging. It's really it's just pressing. You look at page 42 in your book or turn to Luke chapter 19. So we're going back the other way now. Luke chapter 19. Starting at verse 28. 19, 28. I think in this particular passage, verse 42, 
contains one of the most difficult buts in the entire book. Starting at verse 28. This is, this is the triumphal entry. It's after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead. Okay, where was he headed? He was headed to Jerusalem, right? We know that from the earlier text. Jesus resolutely set out to go to Jerusalem. Jesus is still on his way to Jerusalem. He's still encountering people. He's still having these, these moments of, of uh, ministry opportunities. It's not like Jesus said, I'm going to Jerusalem and, and, I, and I'm not going to pay attention to anybody else on the way there. And I'm going to do my stuff when I get there. No. It's like you going throughout your day, right? It's like, hey, it's, it's Monday morning. I know I got church on Sunday, but until church comes, I'm going to still do ministry in practical ways wherever I'm at. Like Brady Rogers goes to Mexico. He doesn't like stop doing ministry. He just does it in Spanish over there. You know, whatever it is that you do, you still can do ministry on the way as you go. So Jesus, it says... Um, he went on, his, went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell them the Lord needs it. It says, it says those who were sent ahead... Um, Found it just as he had told him. As they were untying the colt, his owners asked him, Why are you untying the colt? Isn't that just a simple question, right? <laughs> Makes sense that they would ask that. Well, the Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus. They threw the cloaks on it. And you know the story. We're gonna be, we'll be talking about that come, come uh, Easter time in April. And it says, When they came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace and in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, Jesus replied, If they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and they saw the city, Jesus wept over it and he said, Here's, It's coming, here, here it comes. If, you've, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Why does this bother me? It bothers me because I'm a people person. And I love people. I hate to see people suffer. I hate to see people going through difficult times. I want to I fix all of your problems. But I know I can't. <laughs> I want to make all of you well. I want to make all of you feel better. And Jesus says, if you had only known what brings you peace, but now you can't see it. Because you've turned your back so much and for so long on this message that I've come to bring you. And Jesus has been living out the message for these years, you know, and people knew about Jesus. And, but these people have chosen in their heart to reject Jesus, and they've turned their back on him. He's like, but it's now hidden from you, and there's nothing I can do about it. It bothers me. This bothers me because we know that there's people that we have in our own lives, people that we love so much, that are, that are, that are blind to the peace that Jesus wants to give them. And it, and it feels like sometimes there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, all I can do is continue to live it out faithfully in front of them. 
I was having this conversation with a woman before church. All I can do as a parent is live out my faith before my children. But ultimately, once they turn a certain age, it's between them and God. And you pray that it won't be hidden from their eyes. You pray that they, they'll still be able to open their eyes and see it and know that it's valuable, that it matters. And that their faith becomes their faith. It's not riding on their own, their father's you know, coattail, if you will. It's their faith. And so this, this, this challenge that I want to share with you right now, don't miss what Jesus is doing in your life right now. Even in the hard stuff, even in the things that you've had to go through that have been difficult, don't miss what he's doing in your life right now. Don't miss the peace, the peace that he brings you. It's a peace that trans all, transcends all understanding. It's a peace that you're like, I don't know how I'm having peace in this particular moment, only by the grace of God. Only by my faith in God do I have actually peace when I'm going through such a difficult time. Don't miss the forgiveness that he offers you. Not only to you, but also to those other people in your life that he's calling you to forgive. You're the conduit of forgiveness that he wants to work out in you because he's first forgiven you, therefore we are to forgive others. And don't miss the salvation, the salvation that is in him and him alone. They missed it. And Jesus wept about it. A couple times in Scripture you see that he's weeping. And a lot of the times it's because of the unbelief of the people that, that broke his heart. That they've missed what it is that he was doing in their life. You're brokenhearted about maybe people in your life that haven't, haven't started following Jesus, but not as much as he is. <laughs> I promise you, it breaks his heart. And then you can pray, and you know that he's, he's concerned. He hears them, and he's, he's working in their life, in their circumstances, and like they're not too far, right, for him to save. Number four, what did you learn about loving God? All right, okay, turn back to page 27, Luke chapter 10. What did you learn about loving God? So I think it's good to read as we're reading Scripture. Like, God, what is it teaching me about loving you more? Look at Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, once again, he's on his way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Okay, some of you are familiar with this story. It's a personality test. <laughs> It's, a, it's a, for some of you to figure, like, how am I wired? Well, I'm wired a lot more like Martha. She was busy, but Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. But Martha was distracted by all of the preparations that had to be made. She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Parents, have you ever had this happen in your home? If you have kids that are old enough, why is she just sitting on the couch and I'm over here doing all this work? Yeah, maybe you felt that way before. That used to be common in my house. And listen to what Jesus says. I love this. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. 
This week I had breakfast with a gentleman. He's, I think he's probably in his 70s now. He's my second cousin. His name is Phil. And Phil was married for a long time. His first wife uh, passed away and he walked through that. He got remarried and was married for 18 years to this woman. And then uh, just over a series of events and t- uh, over time, she just didn't want to be married anymore. And they got divorced. He lived alone for a couple years, kind of lived close to one of his, his children. And then his daughter said, why don't you just come live with us? Um, he lives north of Kearney now, and so we met in Liberty. We had breakfast together, and I'd never heard his story. Like, I didn't really know much about him. Um, and so he shared his story. He's got some health issues going on now. He can't, doesn't hear very well. He's had to slow down. But get this. In this season of life, Phil is learning to linger with the Lord. Think about that. In our crazy culture of busyness, what would it look like if we could find time to just linger with Jesus? You know, just sit quietly. It's not easy for me to do even when I'm alone. (laughs) But just to sit. To do the one thing that's needed, what it says in Scripture. And, you know, for me, that might mean I need to sit my alarm so I don't sleep past (laughs) the opportunity to linger. Where I get up too late, I don't have time. Because what I'll always do is I'll say, well, I'll linger later. (laughs) And then it doesn't happen. And then I find myself lounging in front of a television And that's not really the same thing. What is keeping you from that one thing today? Could be many different things. Do you know, I'm going to just, I know, maybe you know, but I want to share this with you. Do you know that the God of the universe desires to spend some time with you? Like, he loves the fact that we're here today because at least for a moment, he's kind of got your attention. We're just lingering with him right here, right? Do you know that he, he who holds the, the world in his hands, who has everything, who needs nothing, wants to hear you say, I love you, Lord. I really do. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm not real good at it. Maybe I haven't shown you. But deep down inside, I know that I know that I love you. And as you're lingering, he wants to say to you, I loved you first. I loved you first. No matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, I loved you first. Last thing. What did you learn about loving others as you're reading through the text? I mean, if you read the book of Luke, you see Jesus love others and he loves them well. And Jesus modeled an attitude that I think we must adopt in order to really truly love others effectively. Turn to page 48 in your book if you have one. Luke chapter 22, back to the end. 
starting at verse 39. 22-39. So Jesus, remember, resolutely on His way to Jerusalem because there is where the cross is waiting for Him. He's right there. He's so close. In verse 39, Luke chapter 22, it says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. In my just strange thought process in my mind, I'm thinking, how far would that be away? I guess it depends on how far you can throw a stone. <laughs> Some of you, it would be a really long way. Some of you, not so, not so far. He knelt down and he prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. You know what's coming, right? Yet not my will, but yours be done. Talk about a change in direction. Compare your will, your desires, the things you want to do, compared to his and the things that he wants you to do, the desires that he has for your life. There's a collision that happens in a lot of us when it comes to this place. Jesus, at that particular point in his flesh, could have walked away. No. No, 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 no. But Lord, but Father, it's going to be so hard. I've heard about these crucifixions. I kind of know what's coming. But can I just keep doing what I've been doing? I've been doing good things, right? Like even for, for all of us. I mean, I'm coming to church. I even started going to small group. I'm going to Bible study. I'm reading the Bible. I'm doing good things. Can I just keep doing? Don't ask me to really change. Don't challenge me to the point where I have to like start to really putting you first in everything. Because like, that could be painful. I don't know if I really want to go there. But Jesus knew that he had to go all the way. He could have left, but love kept him there. His love for the Father, desire to obey the Father, walk in obedience to the Father, his love for others, then his love for you and me now. What did I learn about loving others when I look at this passage of Scripture? I want to love him that way, and I want to learn to love others that way. What about you? Total change in direction. God, there's all this, these things that I want to do with my own agenda, but I've got to think about them. I've got to think about you. I've got to think about our community. I've got to think about those. Listen, those who are still lost and have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. 
got to learn to love like that. Let's pray. So Father, as we as we dig into your word, as we discover all kinds of new things, would you help us to change directions? Help us to resolutely set out to truly follow you, to truly love you, to love you and love others the way you call us to, God. Maybe we've, we've walked in and we discovered um, some, some butts in our own life, some excuses, some things that are getting in the way of us for us to really, truly um, be completely yours. And so, so, Father, whatever that is, like I, I can't prescribe that for each individual person here. But, but the power of the Holy Spirit, you are speaking, you're working, you, you reveal yourself to us, you challenge us, you, you're causing us to think and to feel. And, and it's up to each one of us to respond. To, in, the, in a way that's, that's personal between you and, and uh, you and them, Lord, and it's a, a way that it's maybe public for the way we can confess you in front of one another, the way we maybe forgive one another, the way we pray for one another, whatever it is that you're doing, Lord, we ask that you would that you'd have your way, that you, we, would, we would not get in the way of that. Not your will be done, or our will be done, Lord, but your will be done right here and right now. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we, we do this last song in order to, to wrap things up, but, but also to continue the conversation between you and the Lord. If you, if you need prayer for anything, like you can, you can pray right where you're at, or you can come forward and have other people come and pray with you too, whatever you feel God's calling you to do. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.